As we enter the Christmas season, we start to think about what the season is all about. And if you were to ask the common person on the street at your workplace, what does Christmas mean to you? What is Christmas all about? I'm sure you would get all kinds of different answers. Some would say Christmas is about love. It's about loving one another, just caring for one another. Some would say Christmas is about family, spending time with family, maybe friends. Some would say uh, Christmas is a time for reflection. Uh, Maybe uh, Christmas is a time for giving, giving gifts to others. And while there are aspects of all of those things that are a part of the Christmas season, fundamentally what Christmas is about is a person. Christmas is about a person, specifically the man, Jesus Christ. That is what Christmas is about. And what I want to do for the next few weeks leading up to Christmas is I want to go to the Gospel of John and just listen to how John introduces us to this man, Jesus Christ. John's Gospel is quite unique in many ways. John has a lot of stories, a lot of sayings and teachings of Jesus that none of the other Gospels do. But John is also unique in the way that he introduces us to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew and Luke, we have some birth stories, uh, infant stories around the person of Jesus. Mark just jumps right into Jesus' ministry and his baptism and his public proclamation of the kingdom of God. But John takes us back to the very beginning. John takes us back really even before the beginning and gives us kind of a behind the scenes glimpse of who this person is before Bethlehem, before he is born and placed in that manger. And so John tells us in the opening verses of his gospel, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. John shows us several things here about the man, Christ Jesus, the man of Christmas. And the first thing that he shows us is that the man of Christmas is eternal. He is eternal. We cannot begin with our understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ with Luke chapter 2 or Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2. We have to begin our understanding of who that child is with what John reveals to us here in John chapter 1 verse 1. And that is that before Bethlehem, Stretching all the way back to the beginning of time, this person existed. When John says in the beginning, I have no doubt that he is intentionally linking us to the opening words of the Bible. Where in Genesis 1.1, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John, in those few words, is automatically making our minds go back to the very beginning of time, the very beginning of creation, the very beginning of anything that exists. 
And what he reveals to us in the opening words of verse one is that at that beginning, when the universe was brought into existence, Jesus, the word of God, was already there. He was already there. Not that he came into being then. As one of the ancient false teachers, Arius, claimed that Jesus was a part of God's creation, maybe the first part of God's creation. No, this is saying before creation, when creation happened, Jesus was already there. In other words, there has never been a time when the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, was not. He has always been eternally existing. One commentator says this, the context of John 1 shows us that the beginning that he is referring to is absolute. It is the beginning of all things, the beginning of the universe. And Jesus is already there. The son of God, at this point, he is spirit. He is not yet made flesh, but he is there. He is the word, the eternal word. He has always existed. And so the man of Christmas is eternal. It's hard to think about, isn't it? When you think about the picture of the Christmas story, you think about the nativity and you see this little child lying in a manger in a feeding trough, surrounded by animals, perhaps. And we see this scene and we see shepherds who have come to this scene. And we see this little child and we see him in our minds come into the world born of the Virgin Mary. And it's hard for us in our minds to wrap around this concept that that being, yes, enfleshed in human flesh as a small child, yet eternally existent. And that's the great paradox. It's the great irony of Christmas, isn't it? And we sing about it in some of our hymns that the one who spoke the universe into existence is now being held by a mother who has to have its needs taken care of. This little child has to be fed. This little child has to be carried everywhere. And yet this is the same one who has eternally existed. That is what the Christian faith draws us to. The man of Christmas is eternal. He has always existed. And then John, in his use of the terminology, the word, the logos, teaches us that the man of Christmas is wisdom. He is wisdom. And there is so much that goes into, I think, what John is trying to communicate with this one simple expression, the word. There's so much that we could think about in terms of the Old Testament context, in terms of just the idea of communication, of a word, a message. There's so much that John means here, I think, that, that we can uh, just barely scratch the surface of what he means when he calls Jesus the word. One thing that I think he is pointing us to is the fact that in the Old Testament, the word of God is essentially the means of carrying out the will of God. 
the word of God in the Old Testament is the agent of God. He is the one who brings into existence or brings to fruition what God desires, what God wills. And so when God was about to bring into existence creation, what did he do? He spoke, didn't he? He spoke. God said, let there be light. And there was light. The word of God brought into existence the world. The word of God did it. And so we see throughout the Old Testament, not just in Genesis, but really throughout the Old Testament, that when God sends forth his word, it accomplishes what he sent it out to do. So much so that in the Aramaic translations and paraphrases of the Old Testament, in some of the places where they would paraphrase and kind of expand on these Old Testament texts, they would substitute in the Aramaic word for word, the memra of God, accomplishing and doing what the Father had designated to take place such that in the Aramaic paraphrases and translations, they're called the Targums, that this memra, this word, almost becomes personified. It becomes like a person, like an agent who carries out the will of God and brings it into fruition. We also find in Proverbs that wisdom was there with God in the beginning when creation was brought into existence. Proverbs reveals to us that God made the worlds by wisdom, by a word, by the truth, the wisdom of God. This wisdom, this word, this truth is now personified in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the agent of God who carries out God's will. He is the one who accomplishes God's purposes. He is the one who speaks on behalf of God. He is the one who reveals, who discloses who God is. So that when we get to verse 18, later in the passage, John can say, no one has ever seen God, but the son, the one and only son who is with God, who is in closest relationship with God. He has literally declared him. He has revealed him. He has made him known. He is the word who declares, who speaks God and reveals him to us. And so he is the agent of God. He is the revealer of God, the proclaimer of God, the wisdom of God. That is who is lying in that manger. The man of Christmas is eternal wisdom. But then John reveals to us something else in verse 1. He says that the word, this eternal wisdom, was with God. And verse 2 says that he was with God in the beginning. And so John is making sure that we understand that this word, which normally we would associate with something that is just maybe a, a spoken word or a word on a page, just an idea or an object that John is making sure that we understand that he's talking about a person. 
when he says this word was with God, he's talking about a relationship. He's talking about a, a unity, a harmony of persons. And that he was there with God in the beginning. And also in verse 18, he says this word was there uh, with God and is in closest relationship with the Father. So there is a person who is in close relationship with the Father, so somehow distinct from the Father, and yet also he says he is God. And so the man of Christmas is not only eternal, he is wisdom, he is deity. He is God. This word was with God and the word was God. And so we ask ourselves, well, is the word with God or is the word God? And John is saying, yes. This is the fundamental mystery of the Trinity. That in one unified Godhead, there is Father and Son. There is Father, Son, and Spirit. One God, and yet three distinct persons that are in relationship with one another, in perfect harmony with one another, and yet still one. So much so that John can say that this word was with God, somehow distinct and, in, and have a relationship between persons, but yet at the same time are one and the same. That this word is God. The baby in the manger is a man born as a human being, born the way that any of us were born into the world, yet he was born of a virgin and born without sin. Yet in every other respect, he is completely, fully human. He is human, but he is also at the same time divine. He is God. He is the God-man. And Mary holding that baby is holding the God-man. This eternal God, eternal word, eternal wisdom, now made flesh, held in her arms. The God-man. He is eternal. He is wisdom, the word of God. He is deity. He is very God himself. And John reveals to us in verse 3 that the man of Christmas is our creator. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so John states this both positively and negatively. Positively, he says, everything that exists, the word made. Negatively, he says, there is nothing that exists that the word did not make. In other words, it is all through him. This again fits into what we were saying a few moments ago, that the word is the agent of God who carries out the will of God. And so when God purposed to bring the universe into existence, the agent that he used to accomplish it was his son. 
And he spoke the word and the word carried it out and brought it into being so that we can refer to Jesus Christ, the God man as our creator. A little child being held by a mother and yet that child, the God man created his mother created the wood that made up the stable, created the donkeys and the camels and the sheep and whatever was around them, created all them, created the whole universe, created the light, the star that shined on that place that led the wise men to him. Jesus is the one who created the angels who cried out, Come see the king of the Jews who is born in Bethlehem. He is our creator. When I said at the beginning of the message, Christmas is about a person. If you were to tell people that Christmas is, yes, it's about love. It's about family. Yes, it's about friends. Christmas is about a person. I don't know, but there might be some people out there when you say Christmas is about a person the first person that comes into their mind might be Santa Claus. I hope that's not the person that comes to our minds when we say that Christmas is about a person. Here's what we need to remember this Christmas season, that in all of the trappings of Christmas, all the decorations, all of the the songs and and all the gift giving and, and all that we do for Christmas, Jesus needs to be at the center of our vision. And we must not let any of those other things become an idol that takes the place of Jesus on the throne at the center of what Christmas is all about. And so whether it's giving gifts, whether it's eating food, whether it's spending time with family, whatever it is, we need to see And remember that Jesus is at the heart of all of those things. The reason we give gifts is because God gave us the greatest gift that has ever been given in the person of Jesus Christ. The reason we spend time with family is because God in Christ blessed us with families and friends. The reason we have food is because God through Christ provides for us. The reason we have love for one another and love that we can share is that God showed us what love is when he gave us Christ and he died for us on the cross. Christmas would have no meaning. Any of these other things that are peripheral, that none of them would have any meaning at all apart from Christ and who he is and what he has come to do. And so don't let this Christmas season just be one of sentimentality or one of families spending time together or just feeling good in the Christmas season. Let it be about worshiping Christ. Let it be about worshiping Christ because Christmas is about a person. The man, Jesus Christ, who is the eternally wise God and our creator, the one 
who made us, the one who brought us into existence, and the one who, as the eternally wise creator God, came to us in Bethlehem. As we'll see later in John, he took on flesh, he took on humanity, and he came and he lived among us. But Christmas is about a person. It's about this person. It's about the greatest person who has ever lived and the greatest person who ever will live. He is the son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the eternally wise creator God who came to bring God's light and life and salvation to us. And I'm going to spend more time on this next week because we're going to be talking about Jesus as the light coming into darkness. But just think about all that we've gone through in 2020. And think about the way that this season, this year, has been really a very dark season for many people. Have gone through a lot of difficulties and trials and perhaps even losing loved ones. And the fact that Jesus, the greatest gift of God, is the one who brings light into that darkness, into that situation. And so may Jesus Christ be praised. May he be the center of our love and our worship this Christmas season because he is the eternally wise creator God who loves us and brings salvation to us. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you and praise you for the gift of Christ. We thank you that he is the one who has always existed, who is the eternal son of God. We thank you that he is your word, your wisdom, the one who accomplishes your purposes, the one who reveals your truth to us, the one who reveals you to us. We're thankful that Jesus, your son, is one with you and that he reveals you to us. We're thankful that he is the way, the truth, and the life by which we may come to you and be saved. Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, this Christmas season to remember that Jesus is our God. He is our creator. He is our wisdom and that we may find life in him and that he brings meaning not only to Christmas, but to our very lives. And so, Lord, I pray that he would be the center of our vision, the center of our hearts, our worship this season and always, because he is your eternal, glorious son who is worthy of all worship and praise. And so, Father, bless us as your people and may we walk in the light that your son Jesus has brought us. And we pray this in his name, amen.